Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Build your network. Episode 56. Hey, this is Nicole Baldinu from Webinar Ninja. And if you want to grow your inner circle the way I have, you should be listening to Build Your Network with my good friend, Travis Chapel. You have the ambition, the knowledge, and the experience, but still lack those relationships necessary for achieving true success. Welcome to Build Your Network, your guide to growing your inner circle, increasing your influence, and assisting others in reaching their goals. This is networking the way it should be, brought to you by your host, Travis Chappell. What is up and welcome to the one and only show that brings you tips and tricks on networking from the best experts around three days a week. Although they may not all be in the same field, every guest that comes on the show has one very important thing in common. They believe, as I do, that building relationships is crucial to achieving success in life. I cannot wait to introduce you to today's guest, but first... If you're listening to this, then there's a good chance that you're serious about building your network. If that's you, and only if you're serious, you should definitely check out my Facebook group, Build Your Network Beta. If you want more personal engagement, proven connection strategies and tactics, and some awesome giveaways like shopping sprees, Beats headphones, etc., etc., then head on over to byn.media forward slash FB to join the group, or you can search Facebook groups for Build Your Network Beta and join there. And once you do, please be sure to introduce yourself and say what's up, and I will catch you there. 
And now let's go ahead and chat with today's guest, Nicole Baldinu. Nicole is the co-founder of Webinar Ninja and producer of the $100 MBA show, which won the 2014 Best of iTunes. She's produced over 1,000 podcast episodes. Nicole had no formal business training and got her business chops by doing. Along with her husband, Omar Zenholm, she is revolutionizing the world of webinars as we know it. Nicole, thanks so much for coming on the show today. I'm really excited to have you on. Really pumped to meet you and Omar over in Australia. Why don't you go ahead and expound a little bit on that intro and then tell us more about yourself. Sure. Hey, Travis, thank you so much for having me. And it was great to meet you in Brisbane. It was a lot of fun. So I used to be a teacher before I took the leap into entrepreneurship. I was a high school and university teacher teaching languages. I taught overseas. And then I gave that up after 12 years in the classroom. I wanted to do something more creative and I left my current position. I was teaching in Dubai and decided to go to New York Film Academy and study film just to do something completely different. And it was then that I teamed up with Omar and I was freelancing as a videographer in New York as soon as I graduated. So I was kind of learning. That was kind of my first intro into entrepreneurship. But then we teamed up together and that's when we built the $100 MBA and then Webinar Ninja after that. So it's only been about, that was in 2012. It's only been five years. Wow. Wow. So that's a really, really quick ramp up period then, huh? (laughs) Yes. That's crazy. Yes. That's so, why I said I've learned everything by doing. Yeah, yeah. Well, and a lot of times that's the best way to do it anyway. If you want to learn more about the $100 MBA show, Omar was a guest on the show recently. So go check out his episode. I forget which episode number it is, but you can go check out Omar's episode if you want to uh, hear more about the $100 MBA show and how they started up the podcast and how they were able to get that many downloads and listens and um, really fans of the show. But today, Nicole, I want to kind of talk to you a little bit more about Webinar Ninja because I didn't really get to dive into this with Omar at all. So can you talk to me a little bit about what inspired that? Because I know obviously you had the podcast first and that was its own business. And then all of a sudden you guys were like, Hey, actually we want to create this software that you use, you know, to have better webinars. What made you guys want to make that transition and how's it been going for you? Mm, It's a good question because it kind of did happen. It was never something we set out to do. It wasn't something like, oh, I'm so interested in tech. I want to be a a SaaS co-founder. But it's interesting how it did start because we were working on the $100 MBA. We had our community and we were doing webinars for the members of the $100 MBA. And Omar was hosting those and he was kind of hodgepodging it together, like, you know, doing a bit of Google Hangouts, integrating it with his email marketing, you know, just basically Frankensteining the whole thing. And so it kind of happened by accident where he decided to put together his own little plugin. Hmm. So that was version one in 2014. It was a plugin, a WordPress plugin, and he was running webinars really to just solve his own, you know, to scratch his own itch as as we know. And then people started asking like what he was using. And so we decided to, we thought, okay, maybe there is something here because this is definitely a real pain point. We really, as former teachers, like I say, oh, that was my past life, Mm -hmm. but both of us come from teaching. And so we really believed in like, just like we believe in podcasting, we believe in webinars as a great tool to teach and to, you know, to earn that trust and connection with your audience. So we really believed that webinars are a great tool, but it was just like, what is going on? It's so hard to run these things. Right. So he basically created that plugin and that was version one. And, you know, in September, just this last September, we released version five. It's gone through so many iterations, so many changes. But what happened was when we pre-sold version one, we sold out for hours. 
Wow. And it was only like 150, 200 members, but we thought, okay, there is something here because people were asking him, can I buy this? And we hadn't put up a sales page or anything. We hadn't even thought about it. So we definitely knew there was a need because we did that twice. We pre-sold twice and both times we sold out. Wow. And, you know, all throughout these iterations, there's been so much back and forth with the customers and the users and just their feedback. And so we know it's definitely something that we can help solve. And so that's where we really we're very passionate about it and and where we're at. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a, a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is, is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Right. So definitely necessity was the mother of invention for that then. Sounds like anyway, since you guys started that, because that's just a completely different business, right? So coming from, and I know Omar was also a teacher as well. So coming from that realm and then getting into podcasting, which in essence is basically just another form of teaching anyway, especially mm-hmm. the, the style of, of the $100 MBA show as far as it's just him teaching people. How difficult was it to go from owning that kind of a business, like a content creation business to a SaaS type of a business? Like, was that a difficult transition? And uh, what was some of the biggest lessons that you guys learned from that? Oh my God answer is yes, yes, yes. It was very difficult, (laughs) but difficult and exciting and rewarding at the same time because the biggest lessons, well, it's obviously very, very different to a content business. You know, you have so much more control over the content you generate, the timeline that you can, you know, deliver on. If you you make a promise, we're going to release this course, we're going to publish an episode on the show on this day. You have so much more control of that. But with the software, you know, as soon as we started to build the team and to bring on more developers 
and designers and project managers, you realize so you have to relinquish so much control mm. and you have to be so much more patient and you have to just realize, okay, I'm working with the team now. I'm not just working, you know, with my wife here or my husband and we know what's going on and what we can do and what we can achieve. But with, when you're working with like a larger team, when, when there are so many unknowns with software development and coding, you just have to decide, okay, I have to be patient and I have to realize there's a lot of things that are out of my control. And then the way I've seen Omar's worked a lot more closely with the development team, whereas I work more closely with the customer service team. And I've just seen him, you know, really instill like his vision and just really motivate that team to say, look, this is what we want to build. And you just have to bring everybody on board. And it's not easy to do that. But I've seen him do that really, really well, lead them and motivate them to put that vision out into, into the real world. How has it been balancing both businesses now? That's something I'm really interested in because as you guys know what we talked about in Australia, I have the podcast and that whole type of content creation type of business. But then I also have my water machine business that that we talked about Mm -hmm. uh, briefly over there. And so sometimes I find it difficult to create the balance to where I'm spending enough time on both things and giving enough attention to both things to grow them at the same time. Have you guys found the same issues? And what tips do you have for balancing multiple projects? Yeah, I look at the beginning, really, Omar and I did everything ourselves. Okay. I mean, and that's just the way you start off, right. which is great because you learn everything and anything you start to pass off and delegate, at least you know, okay, this is what I expect. So definitely as the businesses grew, we had to grow. So a quick example of that is I used to edit the podcast. I edited the first 376 episodes of the $100 MBA show. Hmm. And then obviously with Webinar Ninja growing and needing more of our time, we hired a full-time editor. So that's kind of one example of the many things that we've realized, okay, what can we delegate? What do we need to hire for? And we really believe in not hiring too soon, but hiring at the point where it's like, okay, we really need to bring somebody else on board. So we've grown organically in that sense, but we've definitely had to expand the team to be able to handle the two businesses. Gotcha. But we're gluttons for punishment, right? Entrepreneurs, they're not afraid of hard work, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're not supposed to be anyway. I think sometimes sometimes they are. (laughs) Well, cool. I like to talk about everything that's going on with you guys first, Nicole, but then I really want to get into this conversation with you as well. And you were a natural at this in Australia. Since I've been on this kind of journey of trying to learn how to build relationships better and to do it the right way and not in the spammy way, I find myself Mm -hmm. observing more people and figuring out the way that they do things and get things done. And when I was watching you interact with people, I think you have just a, a really natural way of communicating and making people feel really important and making them feel like they're the only person in the room. So I really want to dive into this conversation with you. And I'm going to go ahead and start with the question I ask every guest that comes on the show. Do you believe that what you know or who you know is more important and why? Oh, what you know or who you know? I think they're both important. Hmm. It's a good one. I think the instinct is to say, oh, it's, it's who you know. But I think if you can't be helpful, if you can't be someone that can be a go-to person for something, whether it's, you know, your job or your passion, your hobbies, whatever, if you can know a lot about certain areas, like, for example, when we sat down and had lunch in Brisbane, yeah, you're a podcaster. And that's a great topic of conversation, because we can both talk about that. But then we ended up talking about water, (laughs) and water filtration. (laughs) and And I just felt like, it was so helpful that, and I told you, I wrote to you in an email that you really got me thinking because I don't use a filter and I always think, oh, Sydney water is great. It's really healthy. And you got me thinking in a different way. So the fact that you had knowledge in that area made me feel like, oh, 
you know, you're very helpful in that area and it's changed the way I consume water from now on. So in a way, that's where I feel like what you know can be important because it can be beneficial to other people. Yeah. But obviously you don't live in isolation, you know, and having good people around you. And that's really the thing that's helped me along in this journey is being with Omar and having this business together. It's, you know, having good people around you. So it's kind of both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So tell us about a time then when a connection in your life besides Omar, okay, besides, your, besides your business partner and life partner, where a connection in your life, a relationship that you built led to a moment of success down the road that you just would have never expected when you first started building that relationship. I guess in San Diego, when I met Kate Erickson, who you know, from Entrepreneurs on Fire, mm -hmm. having that friendship and building that connection with her really influenced me because I really respected her. I, you know, when I first met her in NMX and like back in January of 2014, you know, I really looked up to her. I, I was just at the beginning of our journey and I just had so much respect for her. I saw her as a really smart woman just and really lovely and just was, you know, I thought, I'll be, you know, I'd love to get to know her more. And so that over the years, that friendship has evolved. And I guess the way she's helped me is in just having very similar experiences and being able to help, you know, inform some of the, the struggles that I might go through in my roles in our companies that, yeah. you know, some of the experiences that she might share. So for me, having that friendship has been really, really helpful. So with it being I, that important for, for building relationships that are sharpening, that make us better, that push us to an, the next level, with that being such a crucial part of our journeys, why do you think that so many people just don't do it? Oh, gosh, that's a hard one. Why don't people make more connections? Mm -hmm. or? Like, Why don't people make an effort to go out and find new relationships and build their inner circle up mm. and level up the type of people that they're hanging out with? Why do you think that people will put a ton of work into their business or uh, yeah. into knowledge, into all this kind of stuff, but then they just, they mm. never like set aside dedicated time to go talk to people mm. and build relationships? Yeah, that's a hard one. I don't know if it's sometimes if it's fear, if they don't value it as much, if they think, okay, there could be an element of ego or wait for people to come to me. But I think the, you know, the most important thing is, is being humble. Like, I mean, I feel like that's one of the things that I admired, for example, in Kate was her humility and that, you know, led me to want to know her more. So, Gosh, I don't know. I can't relate to that. I feel like well, it's just so important. It's yeah, well, it's exactly, it might be exactly. difficult for some people. Maybe it is difficult. People might feel I think well, who would want to couple, talk to me. I think you gave a couple of good reasons though when you were just listing off a couple, and fear was one of them, and then also I think lack of awareness is one that you said that is. I don't think you said it that way, but you said it in a mm -hmm. different way. But basically, just mm -hmm. not understanding how important it is, like how crucial it is, how much it can really push you forward and make you a better person. So yeah. then, are you uh, naturally introverted or naturally extroverted? Then, Nicole. I want to say I'm naturally extroverted. I think okay. through my experience in teaching, I felt that it was always you had to be in front of a group of people and talk and care about your students. Like it mm. was just something that came naturally. So I think doing that from, you know, your early 20s, it's kind of informed, yeah, my personality more. So the biggest, the biggest problem that I've seen for extroverts who are networking, building relationships is if you're an extrovert, to me, you typically are the attention grabber in the group and you're more like the look at me type of a person in the group. So how did you as an extrovert come into a networking situation and just make it all about everybody else? 
Yeah, I definitely don't yeah, subscribe to the look at me. It's funny, right? Because you need a little bit of that to be an extrovert. Mm -hmm. But one of the first books, so when I started my journey in entrepreneurship, I had no idea. I used to just read fiction and Omar introduced me to nonfiction. I was like, really? You read nonfiction? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, I I read books, you know, for pleasure. I was like, okay, yeah, for entertainment. So one of the, the actual first business book that I ever read was How to Win Friends and Influence People. So obviously you know that. One, right. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I felt like I did that naturally. Like you have to have a genuine interest and care about people. If you're going to be a nice person, I would like to think that I, you know, I work hard to be a good person and to be a nice person. And I Mm. think it's, it's one of my values. So I think that genuine care and interest in other people comes through listening and, you know, asking questions about their situation and not just wanting to relay, you know, everything about you. And I remember that being really reinforced in that book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And I yeah. thought, well, this was like a moment where it's like, okay, I actually see this as a positive. Like, it's great that it, this is a good thing because obviously you're taught to be confident and to, yeah, to not shy away from maybe expounding your values and the things that you want other people to know about you. Mm-hmm. But this was like, no, it's actually more important that you show care and, and genuine interest in other people and make them the center of, of attention if you're going to really be successful, if you're going to be really happy in life because, yeah, you're going to have more friends, you're going to have more quality people around you that way. So what would be your number one tip? So we've talked about a couple of things so far today, but if you had to break it down to just one thing, Nicole, like if somebody was going to just fast forward to this little segment of the podcast and then shut it off as soon as you stopped answering this question, what would your (laughs) one tip on how to build relationships be? I think the ability to see another person's perspective, to Hmm. see another person's worldview. I think that is the most important thing because that allows you to not judge, to be more tolerant, to see where someone else is coming from and not have your filters on because everything is about the way you see the world. So definitely seeing things from other person's perspective. And that's such fantastic advice. I like when I get answers like that to that question, because sometimes I'll get some really stereotypical answers that people just know I want to hear. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but I like that answer a lot because that's one thing that I think that's a huge disconnect when people are networking or building relationships with other people or doing stuff like that is because they forget about perspective. They forget that life has thrown different things at different people. And we've all mm-hmm. have our own stories and our own backgrounds and our own context to the situation that we're currently in and, and trying to see things from somebody else's perspective really allows you to do more of the practical things. So I think that's more of a philosophical thing, but it allows you to do mm-hmm. more of the practical things like you were saying before, like ask questions, genuinely care what they have to say, listen more than you talk. Like all those practical little things will come mm-hmm. from just changing that one philosophical thing of just try to see things from their perspective. If you try to see things from their perspective, all those little practical things are going to follow after you change your mindset about the exactly. whole situation. Throughout your career, how important have those things been? Mentorships, one-on-one relationships with people that have helped you or masterminds, group settings where you are involved with other people. How important have those been? Well, definitely more recently as an entrepreneur, I've realized, oh, 
okay, it is important to get those people around you and to be vulnerable and to say, well, these are the challenges I'm having. And that's the best way that people can actually offer their help if you're being, you know, truthful and honest and upfront. But this year was actually the first time I put together a mastermind with two other ladies. One is Amy Port, who's Michael Port's wife, and Jenny, who's Jordan Harbinger's wife. Hmm. So we started a mastermind this year and it's just been great because we're all kind of in the same situation where we work with our uh, spouse and mm-hmm. we're related. And so it's great to be able to say, okay, well, how do you support? What's your supportive role in the, in the business? And what do you do on a day-to-day basis? And we don't just talk about like, oh, okay, when do I put the laundry on? Do I do this first or do that? <laughs> but we do talk about those it's, things It's not as a well gossip group. That's what you're saying? It's not a gossip group and it's not just about like the domestic duties that we might do in the house because we both have, we all have right. very supportive husbands, but it's, because those things are real. Like, I don't want to discount those things. Right. We do have mm-hmm. other duties that we take care of because we want to take care of those things. And so it's yeah. just nice to hear how they balance their business life and their home life. So that's been huge this year, talking about these very, what might seem mundane, but yeah. actually a relief to know that, oh, wow, you go through the same thing. That's amazing. I don't feel, I don't, I don't have to spend so much energy thinking, oh, is this a problem when it's right. actually not a problem right. because they've confirmed it. So how do you balance that, Nicole? I mean, with you guys being married and then also working together on more than one business all the time, I would see that there would be conflict that comes up. So how do you guys balance the work-life thing? I feel very lucky that, you know, knock on wood, I don't like to relax. I don't feel like I need to relax. So I pretty much go, go, go from morning to night. So I just naturally feel like I have a lot of energy and stamina. So I tend to just do home stuff, whether it's like prepare dinner or a grocery shop or a couple of loads of laundry and get all my meetings with my team, anything that I'm working on done in the same day. I also have Omar to help me as well. He is awesome and he will, you know, we do divide things. So I feel like in a day I get a lot done and I really have to learn to stop sometimes and relax. It's actually really hard for me. I know it sounds, you know, okay, thanks. But it's true. I mean, that's just the way I'm wired. And until that changes, until that energy runs out, then, you know, like I'll just run with that for now. Do you guys like set aside certain days or time slots or anything like that to just like, you know what, put the business on pause. We're not going to talk anything about business. This is only just to talk. Do you guys do anything like that? Or do you find that just what you end up talking about is the business because that's what you like doing? We do. Generally, we do. We love, you know, it is our baby. It is, the, you know, our life. So that's okay. We're okay with that. We came to accept that. But we've been a lot better this year with setting aside weekends and saying, okay, let's do all our chores on the weekends together. Let's put some music on and get that done. So we have been a little bit better about that. You know, we'll have our regular, Omar and I will get together on Mondays and we do our own meeting and then we respectively meet with our other team members. So we do really stick to putting everything in the calendar and that's how things get done. Otherwise it just won't happen. But yeah, so we're good about scheduling and now having a little bit more time off on the weekends. which we didn't do before. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think there's merit to that because when you're first starting the business, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong on this, Nicole, please step in. But it just seems like to me, there's so much stuff to do that sometimes you just kind of have to 
prioritize that and then be like, okay, for the next, you know, six months or whatever, we need to really buckle down and work on these whatever things. But once we're, this time is over, we're going to take this whatever hiatus that we need to, to make sure we're bringing our relationship back up to the forefront. And then after that, it'll be a little bit more balanced. Do you, do you think that that's a good way to approach that? Or do you think you should just be balanced all the time and never have those like big pushes? No, I don't believe in that whole balance all the time. I think it's, I mean, it hasn't worked for us. So mm. for us, we've gone through the pushes. Like when we built the $100 MBA, this is way back in 2013, mm -hmm. we said no to all other clients and we just went to town and we shot, you know, over a hundred videos and that's all we did for two months. And then we took a break. Yeah. Every year now we've started to do, we have our own little retreat where we do shut off. We tell the team, you know, we're out of communication for this week mm -hmm. and we just spend time together. We do activities. We go away. We set our goals. We reflect on the year. So there is a little bit of that work element to it, but it's actually really fun because we look at, okay, what did you want to do this year? We wrote things down from the year before. Did we achieve those? What do we want to do next year? So it's kind of big picture planning without the stress of, oh, I've got to look at my screen. I've got to jump on email. I've got to respond to this question. So we definitely do that. And we've, we've traveled this year as well. And if you follow the show, we did the eight weeks away in Europe and Omar did eight lessons on the $100 MBA show, which is the working while traveling experiment. Yeah, Very interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't do it again that way. You'll have to listen to find out why. <laughs> but because um, it is, and you know what? That's a classic example of us trying to balance work and life. Mm -hmm. And in the end, you'll find out, mm, you know, we do it differently next time. Not so that <laughs> <laughs> not that easy, not that possible. And but, you know, everyone's different, obviously. Everyone operates in a different way. So you have to find, you have to be very self-aware and find what works for you. So for me, the multitasking, the doing stuff in the day, that works. For Omar, you, he needs the deep work. He needs a concentrated focus. He can't be multitasking, whereas we're opposites that way. Yeah. Yeah. So is he more like the vision behind everything and then you're the person that makes it happen or is it a combination of both? It's a little bit of a combination of both, but he definitely has more experience. Like he'd been, you know, building businesses for 13 years before we st we joined up together and, and started our businesses. So I've always kind of deferred to him for those big strategy, big visions. But as I've learned along the, you know, the, our path and our journey together, I feel like I have more more to say in terms of the vision and it's great. So it's very mutual, but I do like the operations side of things, I have to say. Okay. I nice. feel like that's where I've naturally kind of, yeah, gravitated towards. Kind of your forte, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's awesome though, that you guys, it's awesome to me that you guys can work together on a daily basis all the time and then also vacation together and not have any like sort of, you know, I just need a vacation from you <laughs> type stuff going on. I know and, it's uh, a bit weird, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. It's, 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 and like you said, and that may not work for everybody, you know, but it works for you guys. And that's really, really cool that it does. All right, Nicole. So we could talk about networking, I'm sure for a really long time and connecting with people and work-life balance, all that stuff. But we do need to get moving on to something I like to call the random round, which is a few really quick random questions with some quick random answers. You ready? Yeah, sure. This is the random round. What profession other than your own do you think it would be fun to attempt? Oh, it's flamenco dancing because that's my passion. <laughs> it's my other could, passion. <laughs> if you could sit on a park bench with someone, past or present, and talk to them for an hour, who would it be and why? I was really inspired by Sarah Blakely, who started Spanx. I thought when I heard her on a podcast, I just thought she sounds like such a nice person with so much experience. I would love to talk to her. How do you like to learn best, books, blogs, or podcasts? 
Probably blogs, but I, I want to say in a classroom. I really like le- group learning. Okay. I like being immersed in a situation, yeah. What is one of your favorite blogs? Well, right now I'm consuming a flamenco blog at the moment, so okay. that's the one that comes to mind. Okay. Very unrelated to entrepreneurship. <laughs> Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. So firstly, I feed our little kitty. We just got a new cat. She's awesome. Super pretty. Oh, she's beautiful. She's pretty wild. And so I need to feed her first. Yeah, she's a Bengal, so she's pretty crazy. Feed her first, then I feed myself, and then I jump into base camp, which is where I talk to my team and I jump on my on calls with my customer service manager or or talk to the team that needs, you know, my attention. What is your go-to pump-up song? I've been listening to I like Mike Posner, so there's a song by him called Top of the World. I really like that song. What are you not very good at? I think the I, I jump around a lot. So I'm the opposite time, as I said, the deep, deep work. I will focus on things for short bursts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. As we get everything wrapped up here, Nicole, where is one place online that we'll be able to find you the most? Probably on Twitter. Yeah, I can be reached on Twitter. On Twitter. Okay. And then what's your Twitter yeah. handle? So Nicole underscore Baldinu. Nicole underscore Baldinu on Twitter. Baldinu is spelled B-A-L-D-I-N-U. Make sure to go check out all things Nicole over on Twitter. And then also you can go to 100mba.net to find more about their show. And that'll direct you everywhere you need to go. Nicole, thank you so much for coming on the show. I had a blast talking to you. Thanks, Travis. I had a great time. Thank you. That's all for this episode of Build Your Network. Your next step is to visit byn.media FB to join in on our Facebook group for more personal engagement, proven strategies and tactics to reach your ultimate goals. That's byn.media forward slash FB. Remember, you're only one connection away. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.